Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell on this Friday, the 4th of February, 2022. Wherever you are in the world, trust you've had a very, very successful week and that you have either exceeded your expectations for the week or given the week an absolute shake that enables you to build a platform to exponentially improve next week as well. So in today's episode, as we wrap up the working week, there's a bit of a theme that's come through this week, just based on conversations that I've had, uh, workshops that I've run, but also a podcast that I listened to this morning, which has led me to record this particular message today, which I hope resonates with you, but also resonates with your team. And if it does, and if you feel there's somebody in your sphere of influence who you think could benefit from this particular episode, or in fact, the podcast itself, then please do them a favor and share this particular podcast with them because I'd be greatly appreciative of that because we're trying to get the message out to as many people in the world as possible around what makes exceptional sales leaders exceptional and how we can drive those sustainable results that also become replicable. So the topic of today, it's it's it's, and it sounds a bit of a strange one and often when I talk about this to groups, particularly in workshops, sometimes people look at me really strangely and only they only do that really because they come from a different frame of reference, and it's it's okay because many people have their own perspectives. They certainly have their own values and beliefs. And if you think of an iceberg, we're approximately uh, depends on who you listen to and which scientist you listen to. Between five and ten percent, sometimes fifteen percent of an iceberg sits above the surface, and a lot of it is unseen. So a lot of the stuff that happens in our environments is unseen. All we're going to be seeing is I guess the behaviors and the results that come from a lot of the unseen attributes. So the topic of the podcast today is it's not what happens to you. Now, as I said, if I say that in a workshop, and often I'll do this sometimes without notice just to see what the response is that I get because it gives me a bit of an indication in terms of where people's frame of reference is because often I'll get people who will lean forward and say, well, this actually resonates with me. Let's talk about this more. And then others will kind of sit back and lean back and say, well, I don't believe that because where I am today is not my fault. And in listening to the podcast this morning, there was an episode I listened to from a, from a friend of mine uh, and he was interviewing a lady that was originally from Tasmania, moved over to Melbourne, but pretty much went through uh, the early parts of her, of her life. And when I say that from, say, the age of 17 up to about 30-odd, uh, and describing some of the challenges and some of the setbacks that she had to endure in order to get where she was. And as I was listening to this, uh, I was really thinking about this is the perfect example of somebody who understands that stuff is going to happen. And as sales leaders, we know this stuff is going to happen. And often this stuff that happens is beyond our control. But the key message that she shared was she wasn't going to let the stuff that was happening define her. So she chose to keep moving forward anyway. And the message underneath that was, and her perspective was, it's not so much what's going to happen to me. It's what I choose to do in response to what happens to me. That is the most important thing. And it was such a powerful message. And then I was reflecting when I finished my walk, well, this this actually happened this week in a workshop. In fact, I spent probably an hour to an hour and a half. I'm not, I'm not going to say I did a group therapy session, but it was almost like an intervention session with a group of people 
who were complaining about the predicament that they thought they found themselves in as a group. And what I heard from the language was people blaming external events, people blaming other people for the position that they thought they were in. They were externalizing everything and they were becoming through that process quite emotional. And it was it was an interesting conversation because I challenged them on a number of things, but then I shared with them some frameworks that hopefully will help them. And certainly by the end of the workshop, at the end of the day, it was uh, it was a much more engaged and more energized group because they had some tools in their hands and they had an understanding or at least a better understanding of what they actually had control over. Now, there's a, there's a Stephen Covey methodology, which if you haven't read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, then I highly suggest you read that. Uh, it's a bit of a challenging book to read because it's very, uh, in some places, it's very, very technical, but it's got some phenomenal information in there. And one of the things he does talk about is the circle of control versus the circle of concern. And so what I shared with this group was there's a lot of stuff that they're talking about that ultimately, yes, it's happening to them and they're getting emotional by that, but they have no control over it. So it's an area of concern and therefore they're, they're wasting, and I say this respectfully, they're wasting mental energy worrying about stuff that they really have no direct control over and therefore they're getting worked up about it and there's nothing that they can actually do about that particular situation. And they found themselves blaming others, blaming certain individuals, blaming circumstances for the predicament that they found themselves in and it was a highly emotional response. And so we talked about a number of things, and one of them was this circle of control. And I said, well, where do you think on the circle of control, if you think about a bullseye, in the middle of the bullseye is the circle of control. So it's typically a smaller a smaller circle because there are only, well, I wouldn't say a finite number of things, but certainly a smaller number of things that we as individuals, uh, as human beings, as family members, and certainly as sales leaders, that we actually have control over. So you can control certain things. You control your you can control your mindset, you can control your attitude, you control your language, you control who you talk to, who you don't talk to. And so when you think about it, there's only a, a limited amount of things that you've got control over. There's going to be some things that you also have some influence over, which is the next circle outside of the I guess the bullseye. And it's outside of the circle of control. You can actually start to influence. So you might be able to influence other people through the conversations you have, the language that you use. Uh, the people you introduce others to. So there'll be some things that you do have some influence over. But surrounding both of those circles is a circle of worry or the circle of concern, which unfortunately is where most people spend their time thinking and focusing on. And so when they're focusing on things they have no control over, but it's concerning them, guess what? That's where their energy goes. And in many cases, they start to make, and I say this respectfully, a mountain out of a molehill, and things get out of control. And when things get out of control, the emotions get even higher. And so there are lessons absolutely everywhere. And certainly in sales, this happens all the time. And I'm guilty as charged. I've got two hands in the air. I remember back when I was a sales executive, uh, even before I became a sales leader, I used to uh, I used to have customers either not turn up to meetings, they canceled meetings uh, despite them promising to give certain pieces of business or the fact that we'd get a, a letter of intent. It didn't actually turn into a contract. I had customers cancel services, cancel products. Uh, I had customers ghosting me, and then it only exacerbated even further when I became a sales leader because the same sort of thing happened, right? There's a lot of stuff that we forecast. So we're sitting down doing sales forecasts, and we put some commits on the table, and those commits don't happen for various reasons. Now, what do we do with that? Well, what I used to do is I used to blame everything other than myself as for why I was in the predicament that I was in. 
So I blamed the customer for being an idiot. I had I blamed our marketing team for not giving me the right products or the right services or the right messaging or the right brochure, whatever the case might be. And I got emotional about it. And I would often allocate blame to other people. And ultimately, I realized, and it took a bit of time, but I ultimately realized that the, the only person to blame was the person looking back at me in the mirror. Now, for some of us, that's a really difficult and sometimes hard to swallow thought process, but it's actually true. And there'll be stuff that st- still happens. And even today, I'll have clients that will ghost me. I'll have people who jump onto my calendar and don't turn up to calls. I'll have people that say, yep, let's going to work together. And then they ghost me. It happens. And I've been doing this for years and years and years, and it still happens. But what I've realized over time, it's not the event that's happening that will define me. It's what I choose to believe about the event and therefore how I choose to respond to the event that is the most important thing. Because one thing I can control is I can control my approach to anything that's happening and therefore I can allocate the meaning that I want to give it. And you know what? Sometimes I'll just want to say, you know what? This is absolute rubbish. And I'll just sit with it for a little bit of time, but then I'll get over it because I'll ask myself, all right, what do I actually have control over and that is where my mindset will change so this is the thing i shared with a group on on wednesday and this is one of the reasons why we're able to turn them around from being a highly emotional externalizing blame sort of uh, environment into a more engaged energized and now focusing on the things they do have control by the end of the day now a little formula i shared with them is a thing called e plus r equals o and i want to share this with with you today because i think it's a really really simple uh, process. It's a really, really simple formula, but underneath it, it is very, very powerful. And certainly as sales leaders, if we can actually get really, really dialed in on the things that we actually do have some control over, and we can look at and review what is actually happening, and then have a choice in terms of how we respond. And when we do that, guess what? Our circle of control starts to get a little bit bigger. So this formula I talked about is E plus R equals O. Now, there's two versions I want to share with. First of all, E stands for the event. So an event will happen. Now, this could be somebody cutting you off in traffic. It could be somebody responding to you in a disrespectful way. It could be a customer, for example, choosing not to return a phone call or choosing to go with an alternative supplier after they have actually given you either a letter of intent or some sort of indication that they're going to purchase your product or your service. So an event will happen. Now, what most people do when an event happens is they will react to that event. And this is the classic example. You're driving down the freeway, somebody's cutting you off. Now, whether they've seen you or not, I don't like to think that most people that go out and drive look for opportunities to cut people off. Yeah, there might be one or two in the world that do that. But in most cases, I think when people cut people off in traffic, it is unintentional because they're simply not aware of their surroundings. So their emotional intelligence level and therefore their peripheral vision is not that great. But what happens is when we get cut off in traffic, we will naturally react. And often that reaction is we'll toot the horn, we'll slam on the brakes because we obviously have to avoid an accident. We might give them the two-finger salute and we might actually yell and therefore get fairly emotional and we'll get an outcome. And that outcome is sometimes beyond our control because often the event and the reaction to the event happens so quickly, it's almost like what we call a synesthesia where they're linked together and often we have no control over it. So we will just react to it. And just think about your own situations where you find yourself in in positions where an event happens and you just find yourself reacting to it in an emotional way. You will get an outcome and that outcome will not, may not necessarily be the outcome you're looking for. And I remember years ago, uh, there was a number of times when I was cut off in traffic, just as an example, and I'd get really, really angry about that. And often I'd take that, that, that anger, it would linger on 
for a well a couple of hours and sometimes a day and I and always reflect back on it and thinking why did that person do that they're a complete moron all the while the person who actually did it was completely oblivious they would have continued on with their day and done what they normally did and here I am taking all this anger throughout the rest of the day and all the things that I was doing and it wasn't serving me so I was getting an outcome that was almost a byproduct of my reaction why because I was externalizing the blame I was letting the event happen, dictate how I felt, therefore how I reacted, and therefore the result that I get. Now, this this really resonated with a group on on Wednesday because uh, they were looking at me and saying, oh, this is actually what's going on. And then I said, okay, here's here's how we change it. Now, nothing fundamentally changes in terms of the event. So the event's still going to happen. The customer still ghosts you. The customer says we don't want to do business, or the person cuts you off in traffic. But instead of reacting to that, we've got to take uh, a bit of time. And sometimes, depending on the circumstances, and if you're driving a car, it'll happen really quickly. But if there's an event that happens in your business or in your day, you've got to give yourself some thinking time to process what has actually happened, to give that event any meaning, to understand and look at it maybe from a different perspective. But before you do anything, you start thinking, okay, the event's happened. I can't necessarily control the event because it is what it is. Instead of reacting to it, what I'm now going to do is think, all right, what is the outcome that I'm looking for? What is the outcome based on what's just happened? What is the best possible outcome that I want to drive towards? Now, in the case of cutting, getting cough in traffic, the outcome could be, you know what? I've got a really important meeting to get to and I need to be at my best so that I can influence this group or this person to do what it is that I want them to do, right? So I've got to be at my best, which means I've got to be on my game and be crystal clear on what a positive or a uh, functional outcome actually looks like. Once that's crystal clear, and this can happen in the space of a minute, even less, I can then come back and say, all right, based on the event that's just happened, I now have some choices to make in terms of how I'm going to respond to this event. And now your circle of control is starting to expand because you're now going to be putting in place some choices and therefore some actions and therefore a response that is either going to be linked to the outcome or certainly more in alignment with the outcome that you're looking for. And guess what happens with that? There's a higher probability of based on the action that you take that you're actually going to get the outcome that you've thought about versus just externalizing the blame and giving your power to the event and then feeling a certain thing which will lead to an outcome, which is probably not the outcome you're wanting. And so when I shared this with a group on Wednesday, they were almost gobsmacked that something so simple as a formula could have such a profound effect. So we then replayed the events that were happening. We replayed the conversation around what they were thinking, what they were feeling in terms of some of the blame conversation we had earlier in the day and reapplied this formula and started to brainstorm some ideas in terms of what they could do right now that they had control over and therefore had some choice around that could lead to a much more positive, more functional outcome. And guess what? All of a sudden, things changed. Their emotions changed. They're a lot more practical. They're a lot more rational in their thinking. And they also came up with a lot more choices that they had available to them in order to get the outcome that they were looking for. Very, very powerful. Now, really, really simple formula. E plus R equals O. So the E is the event, R is the reaction or the response, and O is the outcome. And at the end of the day, when they were walking out, they actually started to understand, and many of them come up and had a conversation with me afterwards and say, you know what, I now understand when you say it's not so much what happens to you, 
It's how you choose to respond to what happens to you that's the most important thing. Because what it does, it gives you choice and it actually places the power in your hands and therefore your circle of control is where you're focusing your attention. So I trust that message helps, particularly if you're a sales leader right now, that a lot of stuff is happening. Perhaps the start of the year hasn't been as great as you had forecast or had you had expected. Maybe there's a lot of pressure coming on you from your senior executives. Maybe you're getting a lot of pressure from your customers. Maybe even you're getting a lot of pressure from your sales team. Uh, just think about that's an event. What is your response to that? What can you control versus what can you uh, not control? And therefore, what are you concerning yourself with? So always ask yourself the question, what is my response to this? What do I have control over? And if you do that, some amazing things will start to happen and you'll start to build some momentum around what you do have control over and you'll start to see some outcomes becoming a little bit better than perhaps what you've experienced up until now. So I hope that message resonates. Trust that makes sense and that will help you on your quest to become an exceptional sales leader. So on that point, if you'd like to fast track that development, if you'd like to work together one-on-one, love the opportunity of working with you over the next three months or so. Simply go to my calendar, we'll jump on a Zoom call and uh, have a conversation about what the program looks like and uh, get to work as early as next week. So to do that, simply go to leadwithdarren.com and we'll, uh, we'll jump on Zoom and have that conversation. So I very much look forward to that. I trust you also have a restful weekend and look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it, But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.